We are going to be concluding today our last sermon in this sermon series. And what is our sermon series called? The Power of Generosity. Amen. And we spoke our very first time in our sermon series. We learned about the power of letting go and letting God. And last week, we learned about testing God and increasing our faith. And today, we are going to be talking about, I want to be happy. Who wants to be happy in here today? (laughs) I know I do. (laughs) We want to be happy people. We want to feel good. Like some days, you just get up in the morning and you don't even feel good. You just open your eyes and you don't even feel good opening your eyes. We want to feel good when we wake up. We want to feel good throughout our day. Even when all kind of trials and tribulations come our way, we still want to say, Lord, I am happy, I'm powerful, and I feel good today. I keep going back. I'm telling you, Pastor Antonio, if you all did not listen to Pastor Antonio's message on the first Sunday of September, you need to go back. Because almost every conversation I have with people We're talking about why to be positive and why to speak life into our circumstances. And and I always refer back to her message. I said, Pastor Pastor Antonia said that at the beginning of the year, we're going to speak positively and speak life into our situations and our circumstances. So have you all been speaking positively about yourselves and your life and your family? Has anybody tried that? I hope so. (laughs) If you haven't, Tell your neighbor, it's not too late. It's not too late. Instead of seeing the snow outside, you can say, you know what? We got some good Cleveland weather. (laughs) We got some weather, and we're going to get through it no matter what, and we're going to be safe. So, saints, as we begin this message, let's go into prayer. Gracious God, you are so mighty and amazing, and we say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for all the ways that you bless us continuously throughout our lives. We cannot say thank you enough as we continue to seek your power and your understanding and your wisdom and how to be generous. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would open our eyes, open our minds, and most of all, open our hearts. We thank you and we praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all your people said, amen and amen. So what happens when people give generously? There are some things that happen when we make the decision to be generous people. A whole lot. Say a whole lot. A whole lot of things happen when we give generously, when we are generous people. And that's in all areas of our lives, our finances, our material possessions, our, our love, our, our hope, all of our feelings of encouragement and positivity. When we are generous people, needs get met. Say needs. Our basic needs get met. Every human being has basic needs. What are some of those needs? What are some of our most basic needs? Food. Shelter. Clothing, some love, right? Affirmation, someone, someone that cares about you. And when we are generous people, our basic get, needs get met. Did you know that when we are generous people, our children do better? Our little kids do better when we are generous people. When we are generous people, 
Our senior citizens, our elderly folks do better. They don't have to worry about how they're going to be taken care of. And when our children do well, when our senior citizens do well, guess what? We all do well. Say we all. We all do well. Since we began this sermon series, I wanted to find out, have you tried anything new or different in your giving? Anybody try anything new? Did you see that person on the street and you went on ahead and gave them a dollar without worrying about it? Did you? You did? All right, praise God. Did anyone else do anything new or different? Did you maybe, you know, think about your offering? Did you fill out your pledge sheet? When that family member called and they needed, you know, $5, 10 $15, did you give them some help? Anybody do that? All right, we got some folks that did some things differently. We can't experience the power of generosity if we don't do anything to experience the power of generosity. So I'm going to challenge us all this week. Try one thing. Say try. How many things? One thing. One thing with being a generous person. So when we go back to what is our power in generosity, we can remember that we learn to let go and do what? Let God, right? We also learn that we can increase our faith and trust and that we are actually allowed to test God. And we find out when we test God, God always shows up, doesn't he? God always does what he has promised us that he would do. So we learn by letting go and letting God, and we learn by increasing our faith and trusting God that our power and our strength is truly in God and not in us as human beings. It's not about us, right? It's all about who? God. We think we have our own power, our own might, and our own strength, but do we really have that? No, we don't. So our true power always lies with Christ, always in the cross. When we are generous people, it has been proven scientifically, some of us like scientifically science stuff, we become happier people. Did you all know that? The more generous we are, the happier we are. But it's a, it's a twist in that. Say twist. It's a twist in that. The twist is learning to give without expectation. Learning to give without expecting to get anything back. Most of us want to return on our investment in all areas of life. How many of us have children in our lives? They can be your kids, your grandkids, your nieces, your nephews, your little cousin, your brothers, your sisters, somebody that you helped raise, right? Somebody that you did something for. And then those children grow up and they turn out to be different from what we expect sometimes, right? How many of us have gotten angry about that? Do you know how much I paid for your education for you just to say you want to drop out? What? Do you know how many school supplies and uniforms and how many bus rides we had to take to get you back and forth to school for you to say you don't want to do it anymore? 
We're angry because we expected something. We expected them to follow our guidelines and our ways instead of what God's plan was for them all along. How many of you know that you can change your expectations today? That's part of letting go. We expect things. If, if, I, if I give you $10 and I loan you $10, what do I expect back? I expect to get my money back, right? If I go out of my way and plan you a dinner, and by the way, thank y'all for helping us last week with that dinner. That catfish was good, praise God. <laughs> but if I go out of my way and help you and make dinner and I clean the house and I've cooked for you and I've washed your laundry and then you come home, what am I expecting? A thank you for you to acknowledge, at least see, you know. My husband in the summertime, I drive him crazy because he cuts the grass. I'm telling you, he has our grass lined up and everything. And he comes home, I come home, and guess what I do, y'all? Vroom, driving the driveway, get out of my car, come in the house and start drinking me a soda or something. And he's standing there looking like, <clears throat> you ain't, you, I, you came, <laughs> you came from outside, <laughs> you, you, nothing? You ain't see nothing out there? Because this expectation is at least that I would validate and recognize that he did something, right? <laughs> Walter over there. <laughs> the, the, the fellow grass cutter over there. <laughs> but sometimes, say sometimes, we have to do things knowing that we aren't going to get any validation, recognition. No one's going to see us. No one's going to know what happened but God. But God. We can't expect to return on everything. Say everything. Everything that we do. Now, some days, I don't want to discourage you because some days you're going to get a return on your investment. <laughs> That's the blessings of God. But we have to be able to walk in our world and be generous people, even if people aren't necessarily generous to us. That's the call of a Christian. You see, why is that we get to be so generous? One of the very first scriptures most of us learn about the Bible is from the book of John 3.16. And it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God was the first one to establish generosity. How many of you all know that a lot of people do not pay attention to what God did on the cross for all of us? People go their whole lives and God is standing, looking at that cross like, you, you don't see it? You don't see nothing? You, you, don't, you didn't, the whole day when, you know, I had to be beaten and I had to be demeaned and, you know, I carried that cross up that hill and, and then, you know, they pounded those nails in my hands and in my feet and then they stuck that, you know, that sword in my side and, 
and, and you don't see nothing? Nothing. How many of us as Christians, we sometimes forget the generosity? You see, we think about all the blessings that God gives us, our finances, our family, our, our children, our jobs, our educations, our, our clothes, our life. But really, the greatest, most generous, most powerful thing he ever did for us was to die on the cross. That's the greatest gift. Now, let me ask you, what recognition did Jesus get when he died on the cross? Did anybody stand there cheering and clapping? Did anybody give him a pat on the back? Did anybody send him a thank you letter later on? Jesus, I just am so thankful for what you did for me. Not one word. Even that day when he was on the cross, the disciples ran away. The disciples said, I don't know him. No one recognized the generosity that had happened for the entire world. But here's the the even deeper thought. God didn't expect it. God never expected one human being to recognize the gift that he had given to us. He gave us that gift freely with no expectations. You can believe in me or you don't have to believe in me. You can live your life for me or you can live your life differently. But I did this for all of humanity. That's amazing, isn't it? So generosity without necessarily being recognized is something that every single one of us as Christians have to figure out how to become a part of. Because every time we do something, we aren't necessarily going to get recognized for it. No one's going to pat us on the back. No one's going to send us a thank you card or a letter. I mean, those things are all nice. But think about how many things you have done And no one has said, I appreciate you for that. We do those things, saints, because we have to acknowledge and see that as generous people, we are a part of something bigger and better. Say bigger and better. Generous people are people who care about other people even when we don't necessarily feel always cared about. We still love and we still care. How many of you can confess that's hard to do? It's hard to love people when you feel like no one's loving you. But try it. They try it. Try it and watch your happiness begin to increase and increase. Because when we're generous people, our happiness increases and our depression decreases. When we're generous people, our feelings of joy increase and our feelings of pain and anger decrease. When we know that we are a part of something bigger, our scripture from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 19. I don't know, Jasmine, are you able to bring that up for us? Read this with me. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy 
and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and tear. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Something bigger. Every time we do something and and we don't get that recognition here on earth, guess what? We're storing it up in heaven. We We are doing things today that will benefit us when we get to eternity. How many of you all know some of us, when we get to heaven, we're going to get in, but we're going to have the small part of the mansion. Your, your mansion going to look nice, but when you look around, you're going to be like, man, how about San Antonio get to have, you know, 100-bedroom mansion? You know, how Pearly get, ooh, look at Pearly. She got a full garden and everything. Wow. All I got is, you know, three or four bedrooms at my spot. It looked nice, but look what they got. Why would theirs look different or better? Because they stored treasures in heaven. They thought about the bigger picture of what they're doing now that will prepare them for eternity. See, a lot of people don't worry about eternity. They don't worry about whether they're going to live or they're going to die. They don't even think about it. How many of you have your funeral plans planned? Anybody? Oh, man, y'all, we got to do better. Because how many of us in here going to die? We don't know the date or the time, but we know it's going to happen, right? How many of us have saw families experience a death No one has saved one dime or one nickel. There's no life insurance policy, but we got to bury this person. Anybody know about how much a funeral costs? What's a lot? Thousands, right? At minimum for a cremation, it's about $3,000. That's just to be ashes. That's not a casket. That's not your in the ground, it's thousands of dollars. How many of you got like a dollar saved toward that? I mean, if I was your family, I would at least want the dollar. (laughs) We have to think about the bigger picture. We are constantly preparing for our life after this life. And that's a part of what gives us our power. That's a part of what gives us our happiness. You see, we don't have to worry about every detail of what's happening here because we know we are going to a better place. My house don't look that great. You know what? My house in heaven going to look real good, though. My car over here don't look that great. I don't know how we drive in heaven, but you better believe I'm going to be up there trying to figure it out. God is going to be so faithful to us, saints, so good to us. How many of you all want to go to heaven? I want to know what it's like to have streets lined with gold. I want to know what it's like to have beautiful sparkling water and and to hear the angels in the gardens and the animals. I want to see all of that. But there's only one way to get to all of that, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Because 
the power of generosity here on earth is working together, say together, to accomplish amazing things. You see, we had our leadership meeting yesterday, and it was a good meeting. How many of y'all were part of that meeting? It was a really good meeting. Our elders, deacons, lay pastors, our heads of ministries, our future elders and deacons all came to that meeting, and we were online, praise God. We were on Zoom, and a few of us were here in the office. And in that meeting, we started to identify the things that we have accomplished together here at New Life at Calvary. What's some of the things that you think we have accomplished together? What have we done together as a church? We kept the doors open. During COVID-19, do you know how many churches have had to close? We have learned how to be safe in the midst of a global pandemic. We kept our doors open. And on, on a day like this, it matters that we kept the doors open. Remember we talked about the homeless people last week and looking to a library or something to get to the bathroom? Guess what? Library not open on Sunday. All those places aren't necessarily open on Sunday. My husband told me this morning, he saw on the news, they, they opened up special sites just for the homeless today to get to. But what if you can't even get to the site? What if you're right here on 79th in Euclid? And the snow is high outside, isn't it? Can't even trug your way. Snow is real high. You're supposed to figure out you don't have money, you barely have a coat, and you're supposed to figure out how to get to a center. But it's a church right here. We learned during COVID, you all, that one of the biggest ministries we provide is an open, warm, safe place for those that don't have it. And when we open our doors on Sunday, they can come in, they can get cleaned up, use the bathroom, have a cup of coffee, because guess what? When we all leave today, we're going home. We're going to a warm place, but a lot of people won't. So what we have accomplished here at New Life at Calvary has immeasurable value. Walter always likes to use value. We have immeasurable value for our community. What else have we accomplished together? We kept the doors open. We provide a warm space for our community. What else? We feed the poor. We feed anybody. Anybody that has a, a need for food. What else? We, we make sure people have clothes if they need clothes. You need medications. You all have been such a blessing to Pat when she lost just about everything in her kitchen, in her living room area of her home when she went through that fire. Do you know the people that were supposed to help her turned their back? The Peace Corps told her her damage wasn't enough. She had to get rid of her couch, her microwave, her coffee pot, but her damage wasn't enough because her whole house wasn't burnt down. We were the only ones, including her family, to help her. How else have we, what else have we accomplished together? Scholarships for our young people. We have an adopted school down the street that we support and provide. When they have a need, we show up. 
How else have, what else have we accomplished? We're supporting a whole mission over in Nigeria and Africa. We're supporting a whole mission in India right now. We're supporting Pastor Mike in Germany right now. We have helped launch a brand new church on the west side of Cleveland right now. Hallelujah. We have accomplished a lot together in a short time period of eight years of New Life at Calvary. And we have more to do. Tell your neighbor we have more to do. If we think about some of the things we want to continue to accomplish over the next five years, 10 years, 20 years, we can think about, wow, look at what God is going to do for all of us in our church. At the end of the leadership meeting, I was talking to uh, June, June Phillips, and she, she's probably online. She couldn't make it out today. She called me this morning. She wanted to be here. So praise God, June. I hope you made it online. But June is in, in her elderly years. And she said, Pastor Kelly, I've been here for a long time. And I want to live to see some of the things we're going to do. She said, we got to move faster. <laughs> we got to move faster. Because she wants to be a part of it. So let's think together. Let's vision together. What are some of those things? We, we established some goals yesterday on, on some very simple things that we're going to do together at New Life at Calvary. We are going to improve our communication and our connection. Say communication and connection. We're going to improve how we talk to each other, how we connect with each other. Every time a new person comes to our church, we want to make sure that that person has a team of individuals that's dedicated to them. Doesn't that sound nice? Especially for our new people. They know they're going to have someone that they know their name, they know their face, they got a phone number to connect with. We're also going to improve our communication online. Say hi to everybody online. Hi. God has blessed us with the capability of being able to extend the ministry online. But we got to improve that, you all. We got to improve the sound. We got to improve the quality. We want to make sure that they feel a part of our services and we know them and they know us. What else can we do here at New Life at Calvary over these next years? Just in this one year, saints, we're going to make sure that we work really hard, say really hard, to recognize that we do have two different types of churches in one church. We have an online church and an in-person church. And God is good to us that we are able to do that. We do. And so we want to be able to make sure that everybody, say everybody, everybody experiences a wonderful, blessed worship service. Whether you're in person or and online, you can be a member online. You can be a member in person and we're going to love you all the same. We are going to make sure our buildings, look at our building, it's beautiful, isn't it? And we talked last week about making sure our outside reflected what's going on on the inside, right? And we're going to work, keep working real hard to make sure our building is clean and sanitized because we are in a pandemic. 
The pandemic hasn't stopped. The death rate has gone up even more. And we can't pretend like this isn't happening. So we have to live in this pandemic. But guess what? The pandemic isn't going to get us down. We're going to keep cleaning and sanitizing and masking up and wearing all of those things, elbow bumping and fist bumping, and we're going to keep coming to church in person and online. Because God is faithful. We're going to work real hard, say real hard, on advertising everything that we do. We're going to get to the point, y'all going to be like, can you stop sending me all those emails? Can you stop telling me about every little thing that's happening at New Life at Calvary? Because we're going to make sure you know about every meeting, every ministry, every event, so you can pray for everything for the church, and you can find ways to support and be involved. We're going to develop stronger, say stronger, stronger connections with our partners. God has blessed us to be a part of many churches. The River of Life, Reverend Benesi came up today and said our prayer for us, but most of us don't realize they have a whole service after our service. This afternoon, they will have a full service, and they usually have about 20 people, 25 people in service, and you can have English and French in that service. So we're going to encourage people to support our partners. If they can't come to New Life at Calvary, they can come to the River of Life Church, amen? They can go on the west side to our partners at Bridge City. They can go on the west side to Bay Presbyterian Church. They can find ways to be connected to any of our churches, any of our partners. Do you want to be a part of something like that? Hallelujah. Because we're going to be talking about next steps. What's happening and goals for New Life at Calvary? And I've just shared very briefly today, but in February, we're going to have a congregation meeting that all of us are going to come to. And we're going to learn together, say learn together, how we can impact our community, our world, the church, how we can impact our personal lives, ourselves, for the cause of Christ. And it all begins with us being generous people. You know, last, last Sunday, I told you all about the outside of the building and wanting our outside to look better. And I had started talking a little bit about our garden area. And I, I know it's hard to think about the garden when it's snow outside. It's hard to think about the playground when it's full of snow. But can you imagine us creating one of the best playgrounds in our area. Can you imagine that? That children, because there aren't very many playgrounds around us. You can go within a mile, two mile radius of our church, and you might see one playground, and that playground is attached to an apartment building, which is surrounded by a fence with a sign that says you can't come in if you don't live here. So what if we develop just our garden area? To provide a beautiful playground. When kids saw it off the street, they like, Mommy, Daddy, look, we got to go over there. Grandma, did you see the blue slide or the green slide? We want to go play at that church. And what about a garden area that includes seating for our senior citizens so you can take a walk through our garden and get a little exercise and, and sit down and have a cup of tea or something and talk to people? Would you like a garden like that at New Life at Calvary? I know I would. Because if you go outside, you have to walk quite a while 
before you can even sit down. Pastor Rick, many years ago, he put a bench outside our church just so that when people are at the bus stop, they can sit down on the bench. Do you know how many people have called and said thank you for that bench? It didn't cost very much. But out of the generosity of us, we were able to pay for that very simple bench to put outside so people could sit down. That's an accomplishment that we do together. And guess what? We have more to do. Say more to do. You see, we want to be generous, powerful people for a generous, powerful God. We represent Jesus Christ every day, all day. And if Jesus was willing to lay down his life for you and me, we have to do what? Be willing to lay down our life, lay down our money, our possessions, our material things, lay them down for God. Because whatever we do, God is going to bless and multiply it. I spoke today during the offering that today is Pledge Sheet Sunday. We're going to be turning in our pledge sheets. Do you all have your pledge sheets? Good. Some of y'all do. If you don't, they're on the table on your way out. Those of you that's online, I emailed them to you. Pull up your email. They're in your email. Let's look at this together real quick. What's the first thing we got to put on there? Our name. An envelope number is next. What is an envelope number? Anybody know? When you come to New Life at Calvary, every church member is assigned a number in an envelope that you can put your money in, and you can tell us where, where exactly you want your offering to go. So you're assigned a number, and we keep track. Say track. We keep track of every dime and dollar you give, and we send you a monthly statement to let you know how your money is being used here at New Life at Calvary. So if you know your number, you can write that down. If you don't know your number or you need an envelope number, you can say, I don't know, send me a number, write it on there. Then we keep scrolling down, and we see some, some pledges of why we are generous, what we at New Life at Calvary are doing to live generous lives. We recognize that God calls us to live a generous life, to give, to grow as a Christian, and that God owns all that I have, and that I want the blessings promised by God as I strive to serve the Lord I hereby choose to accept God's plan for me to give. So if you keep looking down that paper, you see an underlined word. It says, my tithe. I pledge to give back a portion of the Lord's income entrusted to me in the amount of, guess what? You get to choose the amount. I'm not going to come to you and look over your shoulder and say, sister such and such and brother such and such. You only put a dollar if you put a dollar, guess what? It was offered to the Lord. If you put a hundred dollars, guess what? It was offered to the Lord. If you put a million dollars, it was offered to the Lord. So you put your amount. And then if you want to be a little extra generous, turn on the back. There's a backside. You see, our church is unique. And one of the things that we have accomplished is that we have had full-time pastors even before the merger, we had Pastor Toby, Pastor Rick, myself, Pastor Kelly, and now we're bringing on Pastor Antonia as an assistant. 
but we want to go further. Say go further. We want to make sure that we are able to hire a full-time associate pastor that we can work together. And we praying that that person might be Pastor Antonia. But Pastor Antonia is so generous. You know what she said? We're going to open the call to everybody. And if God chooses me, God chooses me. But if he chooses somebody else, he's going to choose somebody else. But we want to make sure that person can get paid. Hallelujah. So if you look on the back and you want to support myself or Pastor Antonia, you can put an additional amount in there. And you can choose how you want to give, weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, or a year. Saints, no matter what we choose today, God is going to continue to be generous in spite of what we do. God is going to continue to love us, support us, protect us, provide for us, and do everything that God wants for our lives, whether we're generous people or not. The question that I'm going to end here today is what can we do back to recognize that generosity? What do we as Christians want to say back to God? You've done all this for me, and I see all that you have done. What can I do for you, Lord, is the final question. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can let go and let God. We can trust God and increase our faith. And we can find our happiness at the cross. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's pray. Gracious God, you are so good, so kind, so amazing. And we thank you that you have been the ultimate generous giver. We want to be found faithful in your vision for new life at Calvary. We want to continue to do the things that we have been doing. But Lord, we also want to do the things that have yet to be seen. Help us, Lord, to increase our faith. Test our hearts, Lord, and, and help us to be faithful and generous givers in every part of our lives. We love you and we honor you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all your people said, amen and amen. If you're grateful.